Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. You know that phrase that really floats my boat? <laughs> that means that totally moves me. It, it animates me. And I sort of feel like some of us aren't looking for what's floating our boat. We're kind of charting a course and trudging through, now I've got to do this in order to get that. And the natural motivation that is at the root of good health and wellness, which is, I want to do this for the sheer expression and joy of it, gets lost. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers. And each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, what's going on? It is I... Dr. Seku Gathers, your humble host. Today, I talk with a energy medicine healer named uh, Ellen Meredith. She's been doing it for 40 years, so I think she knows what she's talking about. Uh, it's an interesting topic, and if the idea of energy medicine turns you off, I recommend you still listen to the episode anyway, because there's going to be some stuff in there you're going to be surprised that you, that you learn First thing we talked about, well, not the first thing we talked about. Well, one of the topics we discussed was how fear affects your immunity. We talked about how different types of movement and even different types of location, how that affects your energy and helps you to, to connect to your higher self or to your, your inner voice. We discussed the importance of your day-to-day choices or one's day-to-day choices on your overall energy and how that affects your life success. And we talked a little bit about her book, which is entitled The Language Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing in Energy Medicine. All right, good people. Stay safe out there. Hope you enjoy the episode. Love you. Good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. Today, my guest guest is uh, energy medicine healer, Ms. Ellen Meredith. Ellen, how are you? I'm great today. How are you doing, Seku? Fantastic. Taking it slow. Taking it step by step in this uh, process called Covido. That's my new name for it, Covido. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ellen has been an energy medicine healer for 40 years, which is, um, I was uh, negative three when you started uh, doing energy, energy medicine. And no, I was three when you started doing energy medicine. And uh, the author of The Language Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing in, in Energy Medicine. And I like this concept. Um, when we had our last little conversation before this interview, one of the things I, I loved that you talked about was really wanting to help people be able to heal themselves, right? What you're doing is giving them tools. You're teaching them. You're not telling them, hey, you need to come see me for 15 years and pay me this money and do this, 
and, you know, I'll keep you stable. Um, you're right. saying here are the tools. Here's how you can learn your body and feel better. So we're going to have a little bit different format today. We're just going to kind of dive into the concept of, of uh, talk about energy medicine and a few other things because energy itself is so important for being able to accept the truth. If you're tired and run down and sickly, you can't figure out what's true and what's not true. You don't care. <laughs> you just right. want to rest, you know, drink some Gatorade, go take a nap. Maintaining your energy through diet, exercise, and other modalities is a major part of overall health. And when we feel good, then we can start to tackle some of the things that 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 ail us, like, you know, those four or five elephants in the room that we've been ignoring. So um, I guess I'll start off with something simple. What What's energy? What is energy? We talk about <laughs> energy all the time. What is it? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And it's everything we think it is. And then a little more yeah. energy forms the body. You know, we've heard from Einstein and various folks that, you know, that we're actually made of energy, even though it seems quite solid. Yeah, we are a mass of moving energies. Energies fuel the body. They tell all the parts of the body what to do. And for example, we have electrical signaling in the body. We have electromagnetics in the body. We have water pressure in the for form of blood pressure. Yeah. We have all different kinds of energy operating this instrument of the body. And then energies organize what the body does. They, they prioritize safety and then getting needs met. And then, you know, down the road somewhere is happiness, but the energies of the body kind of organize how the whole thing functions. And that's all a little too technical. I also want to say it's what we'd say in every day in our language. She's a low-key person. Hmm. It's a description of her energy state. It's not yeah. a description of the fact that she keeps her keys, you know, in her shoe. It, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it, it's a description of energy. And our language is full of ways that we perceive and describe someone's energy, both overall and in particular. I didn't like how he said that. Mm. That's a description of, yes, tone of voice and yes, maybe word choice, but there's an energy in it as well that, that we just intuitively know. And so what I want to say is that energy isn't just this thing we can do we can take down to its scientific roots of protons and electrons. It is that. Yeah. But for our purposes, energy is the web of meaning that we assign to things. What, what moves us, what animates us, what activates us, and what blocks us or stops us or hurts us. Yeah. That's all energy as well. So I think it's good to keep that on the table because we can get really technical. But when you're feeling crummy... Yeah, diet's great. All, all those things you said are, are important. But I think that a piece of self-healing is to recognize that I am the keeper of my own web of meaning. I am the keeper of what makes me feel like I'm living my truth. And when we're living our truth, the energy flows. And when we're not living our truth, energy gets blocked, clogged, backlogged, you know, the body goes on strike and says, says, heck no, I won't fund that. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. I won't fund so, that. I like that. <laughs> it's like you're, you're your own investor and you're asking your body for, for resources. It's like, eh, no, nah, not today. I don't think that, I don't think what you're selling is going to work. 
Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) And we really have to be able to communicate with our body or between body, mind, and spirit. They're always communicating, the three of them, body, mind, spirit, constant communications. So what's radical about my book and, and maybe my approach, although I'm sure other people have thought of it, is that really healing is a communication task. It's not as much a a medical or even nutritional problem to solve. I mean, those things can work some, Mm -hmm. but if we aren't participating robustly in the communications between my body, my mind, my spirit, I'll bring it back to me. If I'm not doing that, then I don't have wellness. Mm -hmm. I might get lucky enough to be absent of, to have disease disappear, but I'm not well and thriving until I become a participant in my own creation of self. Yeah. It's great to uh, make the distinction between being okay and thriving. I think, you know, a lot of us health-wise, we're okay. Like, like you said, we're free of disease, but are we uh-huh. optimal? You know, are we all like right. we are we are now like we were when we were ten years old? You know, we can run uh, two miles down the road in jeans and come back and not break a sweat. You know, so right. that 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 right. optimal level of of um, vitality. Like, do we have right? That? One piece of that is the reason for why we're running. When we're 10, we're usually running for the pure joy of it because we can. Yeah. And by the time we're 40, we're running because we feel we ought to so that we can lose weight so we can fit into the genes better. Correct. You know, I mean, Correct. our motivation shift. And with that, we're not funded. The body's not interested in all these rules of how I have to change in order to be acceptable. It really wants to celebrate the life force that it that it has access to, right. you know, that phrase that really floats my boat, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, that means that totally moves me. It, it animates me. And I sort of feel like some of us don't, aren't looking for what's floating our boat. We're not really allowing our boats to float. Yeah. We're kind of charting a course and trudging through. Now I've got to do this in order to get that. And yeah. I have to do this to get there. And the natural motivation that is at the root of good health and wellness which is, I want to do this for the sheer expression and joy of it, gets lost. And that, I think, is one of the magical ingredients of well-being is, you know, in, in, in the form of energy that I practice, we call it radiance. You know, I just believe that one piece of self-healing and one piece of being well is getting access to your own personal radiance, whatever floats your personal boat sure. and animates you. I'll say this and then I'll ask you another question. I remember I had a a huge jump in the effectiveness of my workouts when I stopped using headphones and music and I went through the workout with a a maximum amount of body awareness, whether I was doing weights or running or whatever I was doing. Right. It just changed something. And I was able to feel things. And before I would get injured all the time working out, I would you know, hurt my back, hurt my ankle, but I stopped injuring myself because I was actually like in the moment when I was working out. So the body awareness is is very important. And we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but you know, if you listen, your body will talk to you. It'll tell you you what's going on. So what, what would you say to, you know, a naysayer, somebody that's listening to this, that's like energy, some energy, you know, how, how can this help me in my day-to-day life? Like, you know, how can I help me make money? I mean, I don't know what, what they're thinking, but I'm <laughs> sure you get people that kind of look at you through the side eye when you start talking about this stuff. What do you tell them? How do you still connect with them? 
Well, one way I connect is to say, you don't go to the dentist every day to get your teeth cleaned. You learn to, to brush your own teeth. Sure. Because if you get spinach in your teeth, it gets pretty pricey if you have to go to the dentist to get it out. But mm. we have a culture that says, if you need something in your body, go to a specialist, go to a doctor, go, you know, find out, always focus on what's wrong, first of all, and then go to a specialist or a doctor to, to get the help. And sometimes you need that, but we, we don't take on the question of the care and feeding of our own instrument. And as you say, when you've got the headphones on and you're working out, it's kind of, I mean, imagine making love to someone who has headphones on and is, <laughs> you know, is in someone totally else's tuned world. out. That's funny. And you're thinking, hey, pay attention. I'm here. Right. I mean, right. this is the instrument that plays the music of our soul. This is the instrument through which we express our truth. And if we are treating it like a machine, even that needs to be exercised as opposed to you know, going for a walk in nature and and giving it nature snacks and and nourishing it, then it starts to treat us like a really inconsiderate lover. <laughs> it mm. starts to to fight back either aggressively or passive aggressively. We start to get sick. We start to get symptoms. We start to feel crummy, and we don't know why. Hey, I ate the perfect food. I did the perfect workout. I'm working hard. I'm earning money. But where are you? Are you home? I mean, you know, your body wants you back as a partner in an expressive dance. Yeah. And you wouldn't do that to a dance partner. Why would you do it to your own body? Sure. So that's one answer. And then the other answer is that the body communicates. It has two languages. It communicates through chemistry and it communicates through energy. And, you know, Licensed practitioners use both modalities. I mean, Western medicine uses the chemistry, the chemistry more. Right. But most of you, most people out there don't have the time or patience to go learn chemistry so they can take care of the instrument. But energy is your first language. It's readily available. We all speak it. We all know what we mean when we say someone's a drag. Sure. We all know what we mean when someone says, whoa, there's someone kind of heavy. You know, we mm -hmm. have so much ability to perceive and use energy. Why wouldn't we activate it? You know, success isn't this thing out there. It is about being able to use this instrument to play the most beautiful music you're capable of playing. Why wouldn't you want to? It's free. It doesn't have side effects. Why not explore what it can do for you? Right. And the powerful things about energy is energy can affect your chemistry, but chemistry can't affect energy at all. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. that's the thing that that's powerful about it. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, and sure. chemistry has side effects. You take a drug and it tells the body to do certain things and it doesn't adjust itself up and down as your body body's needs shift. So it's shouting at the body and all those so-called side effects are really effects of the medicine. When you've got energy communication happening, you say it once, the body says, okay, you say, good, we're on the same page. The body says yes. And you move on Yeah, because we're skillful communicators. Whereas chemistry is a pretty gross communicator. It it, is. It's, it's a shout versus <laughs> a, a loving suggestion. Right. Let's talk about the truth about energy medicine. What's some of the biggest lies that you hear about energy medicine and what's the truth about it? Okay. Well, one lie is that it's quackery. <laughs> and okay. we know that we live in a society that's full of monopolies. It's full of people who have privilege, who've defined what reality and truth is. 
And it's in the interest of pharmaceutical companies. It's the interest even of the medical establishment to keep us dependent on them to maintain our well-being and health. And if we all start taking care of ourselves and knowing how to communicate and, and heal certain things. I mean, if, if I have a headache and I don't need to take a pill because I know what I can do about it, or if my blood pressure goes up and I know what to do about it, or even if I have a wound and I know how to, to, to support healing with it, I don't have to use those services as much and they start losing money. So one truth is that over the years, as other kinds of modalities have come up, homeopathy, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, all different kinds of very valid practices have emerged. They've been shot down by the lobbyists of the allopathic medicine and of the pharmaceutical companies. They're not evil. They're self-interested. But their self-interest is to sell pills. My self-interest is to avoid pills and and take life as my nourishment. Right. So right. we have a different goal. And so that's one of the big lies is that we're going to be in all these urgent emergency situations where we need them. And that's true. If I my appendix starts to burst, I want to have a good surgeon handy to, to, to do something to help me. Sure. But those first levels where the body starts to say, hey, something's wrong here, take a look, or hey, I'm not, I'm feeling the need for some rest, pay attention, tune in. If we are blinded from that, we aren't taught to listen and get into dialogue with our own instrument. We are dependent on experts who can charge whatever they want. And it's an unsustainable system. It costs so much. And it's, of course, it's, it's, there's inequity for, by race and color and gender and the whole thing, right? So that's the big lie is that health and wellness is the purview of the medical establishment. No, they, they're good at sickness. Okay. They're not so good with wellness. So if someone comes to you for an energy medicine session, how does it go? Give us a take us through okay. that. OK, so first of all, I spend a few minutes just listening to why they come and there's all different reasons. Everything from stage four cancer, where Western medicine has given up on them, to I don't feel right and I don't know what's going on. Do mm. I have these funny bumps here? What do they mean? To I don't have anything wrong with me, but I heard energy medicine is cool and I want to learn some. I mean, I get the whole <laughs> damn it. Because one thing is that Western medicine is focused on what's wrong and how do you fix it? Energy medicine is focused on we need to learn to participate in our own energetic communication. So it's a learning path. It's and and particularly my style, I very much focus on what you can do to help yourself. Because I'm not going to be home with you tomorrow to put you on my table and fix you if you go out of balance. Sure. So I listen to what the issues are, and I often hear patterns. I'm trained in something called Eden Energy Medicine. I was trained by my inner teachers for 20, 25 years before I even found that. And I've learned to kind of hear what the inner energies are doing and, and where there's issues, where where there's a need, where where something's missing as well as where something's going wrong. And then I can begin to show the person what's happening in their energies. And we have something called energy testing, which other people may have known as, um, heard of as muscle testing. And I don't know if you're, if this is listeners or watchers, but if you can see me, people put out their arm and you press on yes, it. Yes, uh, I've done that and, test before, yeah. Yeah, and it's an energy test to see what the energy is that flows through different muscles of the body. And there's hundreds of them. Most people only use one or two. There's hundreds. So we can use that to show a client Here's what's happening if your energy with your energy in this 
system, in this in this muscle, in this part of your body. But I also teach people to tune in. What does it feel like? Now we do something, we make a, a little intervention, which might be an exercise. It might be just putting your hands somewhere on your body and seeing how that changes things. My goal is always to help them build a vocabulary, to communicate with themselves, but also to to move them from, if they are ill, to move them into wellness and what that means for them. So often I'm also looking at what are your strengths? I don't start as much with what's wrong as what's working in you sure. that you can harness to help this part that's that's lagging uh, behind. Okay. When so, you say what's working, is it like if the person has like good cardio or if they have strong core or... Yeah, yeah. Or you've got good, strong heart energy and can you bring the compassion of your strong heart to your gut that's having trouble digesting food. I see. Okay. And we look at all kinds of ways they're living their life that might affect it. For example, one thing that's very common is very few people are comfortable with the pace of life that we live as a culture. It's too fast for most people. It's a little slow for some others, but mostly it's too <laughs> fast. So we look at what's your natural pace and how can you work with a pace of life that demands you to constantly move faster to reclaim your true pace so you can re reinstate your energies, rebalance, rewire, regroup, whatever you need to do so you aren't always kind of running ahead of yourself breathless and exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about what about for Ellen? Is, is the world going too fast, too slow or just right? At the moment, I'm loving the slow pace of training <laughs> place because my true pace is a meander. Hmm. I am most creative and most alive when I'm not being linear, when I'm not on 24-7, when I don't have to do, 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 when I get to do something intensively and then rest and gestate and travel somewhere unexpected in a nonlinear way. Got it. So Got it. for me right now, I'm loving the freedom of not having to be on the road traveling to promote my book. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. much as I want people to get my book, I also like staying home. But I'm also loving the pace of change because one of the things that makes me ill is the stress of seeing people's potential damaged by social structures that don't respect all people, all children and all grown children. Sure. And we live in a society where even in school, there's this thing called the bell curve yep. that says whoever does best, they get the A and everybody else has to get B's, C's and D's and E's relative to that. We're all compared on the same scale and we're also expected to do the same task at the same moment. And I think that is so damaging of course, uh, across different social groups and, and, you know, people who are more verbal do better in those situations, but it's damaging to each child, including the child who's getting A's. So right from the get-go, we're living a lie that each child is the same and needs the same knowledge poured into their head in the same way, and that they need to be judged on the same scale. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a ridiculous illusion. And that runs through all of our life, all the competitions, all the ways that people see their lives as linear. And life isn't linear. It's spherical, right? There's mm -hmm. all, yeah. and there's many, yeah. many paths to get anywhere, right? We already proved the earth is round, but we haven't gotten to the notion <laughs> that experience is round, right? Sure, sure. No, that's, that's, that's powerful and true. And it makes people sick to have to be linear when they're not or to not be recognized for their gifts because they're being measured against someone else's gifts. 
sure. and found wanting. That's the cause of a lot of illness. Yeah. I mean, we talk about poverty. It's not just money poverty. It's cultural poverty. Sure. That makes people sick. Well, it sounds like they need to learn the next topic, which is channeling. Talk a little <laughs> bit about channeling and how that how that helps folk. What is it and how does it help? Okay. Well, I'm a channel, an accidental channel, because about 50 some years ago, my inner teacher showed up in my mind, first in the form of my dead grandmother, who I loved very much, with a message. And then shortly thereafter, I started getting messages from this group of consciousnesses that, that call themselves my counsel, and they trained me. Channeling is just a matter of bringing your consciousness to a source of wisdom and being able to bring that wisdom through your your awareness, mm. okay? So it's got this mystique of, oh, special, it's a special oh, ability ooh, only certain right. people can channel. Right. Anyone who's ever had an aha moment has channeled. Mm. We all have a wiser self. And, and when we don't block her or him, we all have the capacity to channel that wisdom into our mind and into our actions and our choices. So I like to bring channeling back to, can you connect to a source of wisdom? Mm. And can you let that wisdom guide you, inform you, open your mind, open your heart, thinking about what you're going to do? And so those those naysayers you mentioned who said, well, I'm busy earning money. <laughs> I'm going to say, is are you channeling the gods of money? I mean, what's sourcing you? Do you want the money to have security or do you want the money for its own sake? If you want the money for its own sake, you're probably energized by the activity. But if you're doing the money so that you'll feel safe or so you'll get love or, you know, if it's a secondary gratification, I say, how about spending a little time focusing on primary gratification mm. where you you take a little love in, you take a little nourishment in, you, you take security in the fact that, well, just for today, I don't have to eat cat food. I got enough in the bank. What can I do with this glorious day other than focus on I've got to earn money and stockpile? Sure. So channeling is about finding the wisdom that's available to you, including your elders, your ancestors, poets or, or thinkers that you admire, people who inspire you. You don't even have to channel a dead person. You know, yeah. you can channel someone who's, who's speaking your language and say, I want to bring the, the awareness, the energy, the motivation, the truth, the excitement of what they stand for into how I I look at my day. Yeah. How I I choose what I choose. Yeah, like like a Tesla, like a Nikolai Tesla or That's a great point, you know, that distinction like I can I can hear people's minds chattering saying, "Well, what is she talking about? How am I going to channel?" And uh, but it's not it's not anything ho hokey. It's, you know, literally it's the essence of someone that you admire and right. just it whether it's prayer or meditation or even just sitting looking at a picture of them and and saying, right. "Hey, I want to equal or match what they brought into what they bring into the world every day. I want to bring that into the world today. Right, right. It's inspiration. Yes. And, you know, if you think of the word inspiration, it means to bring spirit in. So, you know, people who go around and our culture is so funny. We, we have this kind of spiritual capitalism thing where, you know, I got to be more spiritual and I, you know, and it's like, I can sell more spirituality than you can. It's this weird, <laughs> of, again, another lie. A lot, lie. A lot of those out there. 
you know, another cultural lie that everything has to be a competition and I'm I'm wiser than you and not for your life, I'm not. I'm wiser than you about my life, yeah. but you're wiser than me about your life. And I, I feel that we really need to reclaim our connection to our own spirit sure. and our own guidance and our own inspiration, in which case channeling is something everybody does when they're not too full of nonsense. Right. When we're not going for external guidance and external values and external goals, we really can hear that that still quiet voice within, that guidance. And for some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's swimming. For some people, it's doing the dishes that brings them home to a sense of inner knowing. So I really don't, I encourage people to find whatever practice brings you in touch with your spirit, even if it doesn't look spiritual. Sure. Yeah, that's a great point. I do derive a lot of benefit from meditation um, in terms of just being connected and being able to be in touch with that voice. And at the same time, sometimes if I'm just like walking outside in nature, things just come to me and I'm like, "Hmm, absolutely. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. So it it does. Or the other time for me is usually um, in the shower. Funny enough, in the shower, I've gotten like the the craziest downloads of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Water conducts, water conducts energy. So in the shower, on the toilet, in the bathtub, lots of people get their insight near water. Mm. Lots of people get their insight when moving because they're they're willing to take in more inputs than when they're sitting still. Right. A lot of people get their insights when sitting still because they're not distracting with all the movement. I mean, and, and that's the thing your listeners need to figure out, where do I get my best insights? Where do I come in touch with my best truth? That at the root of what I call self-healing, again, healing is not just what, what am I sick with and how do I fix it? It's really what is my wholeness and how do I cultivate it? Mm. Healing comes from the same word as whole. I mean, it, you know, making something whole again. And most of us have never been whole, you know, and we're not sick from it. We're just not very complete because we're so busy doing what we're expected to do by society. We don't get time to put the wholeness or, or the things that would make us whole first. Like if mm-hmm. you got up in the day and instead of doing the 10 things you have to do, and then at the end of the day, doing the thing your soul really craves, what if you spent the first hour doing the thing your soul really craves? Right. And right. then do the things you have to do after. Sure. Turning that formula over. There's another lie in our society that, you know, that duty thing, we have to do our duty first. Well, the thing is that if you do what feeds your soul first, when you go to the acts that involve duty, you're going to do them with a whole different spirit. Sure. You're going to go to the grocery store and smile at everyone and help them have a better day because you're feeling good, yeah. right? Yeah. As opposed to, damn, I really wanted to read that book, but here I am having to do my taxes and go to the store and, you know, and you're, We get very grumpy if we don't get to fulfill our truth. But if we fulfill our truth first, it begins to inform how we do every other thing in our day. And then what happens is we become very transcendent. We do things better and better. People love us. They want to help us because energy kind of calls energy to it. So part of energy healing is not just to heal what's wrong, but to heal how you use energy throughout the day. The choices you make in preference to your soul, your spirit, your inner self, your inner child, your yearnings, the adult you'd like to be, not the adult you have to be. The person your friends really see and love 
you want to be that person as much as possible because the other people you have to be in order to stay safe or or play the game or earn the living or whatever do that as little as possible because it doesn't feed your soul it doesn't it doesn't allow you to grow and evolve and come into your your greatest gifts your greatest you know your self. greatest and yeah. and accomplishments which aren't all always about money you know ask any woman who's given birth to children she'll say well this society's got its values skewed there's another lie that money determines value well i'm sorry i think children are more valuable than almost anything we can do in this culture sure. and look at how much women get paid to have children zero right so when you look <laughs> at that you have to look at all your assumptions about what you do and what has meaning in your contributions to the world because what gets paid is often a very skewed value system. Sure. And of course, again, culturally skewed, not just uh, emotionally skewed. Yeah. One thing you want to say that, that you just said that I want to highlight is just the fact that, you know, as adults, not necessarily as children, but as adults, our life is basically the sum total of our decisions and our choices. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. what you're talking about when you're talking about deciding, highlighting, and refining how we use our energy to make choices. So right. thank you for that. Right. That's an important point. And moment by moment, making a different choice. Even if it's to say, well, I do have to go to the grocery store because my family needs to eat. But how about if I see it like going to an art gallery? And instead of make, trudging through the chore I have to do, see if I can see food as art and make it be as an enjoyable as a visit to the Met. Sure. No, that's right? great. Transformational. Yeah. And if we begin to say, even when I don't have a choice, what is my choice within that thing I don't have a choice? <laughs> right. How can I make it it's a silver lining. something that serves me? Right. It's a silver lining. If you're a student and you have to write a paper on a certain topic and you're not interested... How do you find a perspective that makes it worth your time to even write that paper? Right. Or can you go to the teacher with a with a proposal of a better topic that's more appropriate to you and do some negotiating? Right. And that's the kind of skill that we need in order to be well that we don't do because we wait for someone to tell us what to do and how to do it. And often those prescriptions are wrong. They're right. generic and they don't fit who we are as individuals. Right. Well, we've been being told where to go and what to do. That's inculcated from from school, right? What time this class starts, what time it ends, what time you get there, what lesson we're learning. And you're just basically taking everything, taking everything, taking everything in. And that's that's the indoctrination, you know, and we and we have to get out of that. Right. And it's another lie in our society that sets how we how we behave throughout our adulthood. And so, you know, I mean, I was very fortunate when I was younger to be involved in an educational experiment or a set of educational experiments in something called generative learning, where instead of lining kids up and they all learned the same thing, it was project-based. Kids would figure out what they were interested in. They'd form, you know, maybe groups to, to explore things together. They'd learn their math and writing and reading in the context of a project they really cared about. Maybe they'd build a house. Maybe they'd explore the meaning of a certain thing throughout history, whatever they wanted to do. And it wasn't always abstract. It had to be pretty active learning. And I saw how every child was able to find gifts and thrive and show strengths in a system where it wasn't linear, where it was generative. And I thought, what if the whole world, if we could all wake up to that within us, that 
that is a, a true gift. You know, each I love to talk about uh, with kids right now. What's your superpower? Hmm, right. Be, because we all have superpowers and the the systems that we live in that are now falling apart. They're proving not very sustainable. And some part of me is going, yay, yeah, because we need to reformulate our whole society and we need to get out from this notion that there's good people and bad people, there's skilled people and dumb people or smart and dumb that this group knows and this group doesn't. I mean, all of those things that grind us down as as individuals and as cu- cultures and communities, they have to be reevaluated in light of waking up to the lie that we all grew up being told we weren't good enough or we were better than others by a system that flattened everyone to one param- you know, one set of parameters that aren't even what makes life that worth living. Yeah. You know, writing a good paper and getting an A doesn't turn out to make you a good parent. No. Necessarily. No, no it does not. Doesn't make you a good human being. Doesn't teach you that it's okay to step in when someone's having a problem and try to intervene and help. Yeah. So all the values that we would like to see in our society, if you look at the values in the schooling, and I know I'm going far from healing, but this is part of healing. It's a lot of healing, it's yeah. It is about healing. It's about reclaiming our agency to be instruments, spirits, musicians. You know, there's the music that is your your spirit. There is the musician that is your mind that's playing the instrument that is your body. And of course, if you put on headphones and tune out, your instrument's going to go out of tune. You're not even listening to it. You know, yeah, yeah, maybe you're getting your muscles stronger, but you're not strengthening your relationship with the instrument. So when you go to play the music of your soul, you know, it can do push-ups and whatnot, but can it play the music of your soul? (laughs) Can it relax when it needs to relax? Can it tighten when it needs to tighten? Can it stretch when it needs to stretch? Can it do what it needs to do to participate in life more fully? Right. The answer is no. (laughs) you know and i love gyms and i don't criticize going to them but we used to get our muscles by farming or or working around the home or or making things or or playing with people doing sports or you know there were things that we did that built our skill you know sports were around learning to hunt better so that we would have food and we've gotten so far away from that, that nutrition comes in pills, exercise comes in special scientifically designed workouts, emotional impact comes through sculpted movies or other other things that are designed to, to give us emotions. And we've lost our connection to what keeps us healthy and well, which is a kind of participation in our own in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I'm not trashing culture too much. No, <laughs> no, listen, not at all. It's, not at this all. Is a, this is a, a program about lies. Yeah. And in a way, we all need to wake up to some of these basic lies. You know, it's not just about this group versus that group. It's not even just about racism. You know, I, I've been thinking about anti-racist, of course, because, you know, it's it's our job to think about how to be anti-racist, but that's a transitional word. I'd love to see us get to embracist, where each of us takes responsibility for recognizing the gifts of every other human being. Right. Because racism is about how people treat others badly. That's focused on the problem, and we do need to focus on it. We absolutely need to. But what are we aiming towards? We're aiming towards a culture where each individual can thrive. Well, it can if we're still doing the bell curve. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. 
And how do we heal? We have to heal ourselves by liberating ourselves from that bell curve and finding out what is the scale we really want, we each really want to be measured on. The scale of humanity, the scale of loving, the scale of living a life that has meaning. You know, if someone is passionate about stamp collecting, that can have meaning for them. And it doesn't have to be something that everybody does in order to have meaning. Right. 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 100 percent. But that was a, a nice, uh, a nice bolus. Sorry, I get passionate sometimes. No, sometimes I think yeah, it's good. <laughs> Passion is great. Usually, why don't we jump into yes or BS? I don't have. Uh, I've got a couple for you today, not too many. Okay. So I'm going to make a statement, and then you can say yes or BS. And if you, you know, if you want to expound on why, why not? Then you know you're you're okay. free to do so. Okay. All right. Number one, energy medicine. Has cured cancer. Yes and BS. And I'm going to explain why. Okay. The body heals itself. The body heals itself. Medicine doesn't heal us. Doctors don't heal us. Energy medicine doesn't heal us. Energy medicine allows the body to heal itself. So you can use energy medicine to heal cancer, but it's not something you apply to the cancer and it heals the cancer. You enable the body to do what it knows how to do. Okay. So, uh, well, I'll rephrase it. Through the process of energy medicine, has it facilitated the curing of cancer? Absolutely. I know many, many individuals who have done so. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two, fear lowers your immunity. <laughs> Yes. Okay. This is, I'm not going to be good for you today. I'm going to say yes and BS. And here's why. In the moment, fear does create stress that lowers the immunity for most people. But think about the fear that wakes you up. That's a wake up call that makes you choose to live your life differently. So you think you have a cancer scare and that fear makes you say, whoa, I could die tomorrow. I'm going to leave this marriage. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do this differently. That actually moves you in a direction to stronger immunity. Over time, yes. Over time. Yes. So fear in the moment can lower your immunity, but we don't want to always avoid fear because it might be the invitation to find a new level of courage that's going to carry us to places we couldn't imagine. Okay. Number three. (laughs) Overexcitement lowers your immunity. <laughs> I'm not very good at this game. <laughs> it's the same answer. Okay, same same idea. Um, right. For some people, excitement diminishes their capacity to function. For other people, excitement and even overexcitement gives them the fuel to get out of a stuck place. Okay. All right. Well, that's can all, you tell that's, it's not that, terribly binary in my thinking? No, it's it's all good. It's all good. I I I write these questions to be able to be answered either way. So okay, they're good questions. That's good. I think we'll just we'll. I, I don't have any more yes or BS for you. I think we'll just end. I want you to just tell the listeners what you would like them to learn from your book, from the language your body speaks, self healing and energy. If there was like a take home message from your book, what would you want it to be? So what I want them to learn is that anyone can learn to speak energy and all of us know some already. So my book teaches you how to build on that. 
And it's not something complex out there. It's something as simple as putting your hands two places on your body and creating a connection that wasn't there before so energies can hook up. It's something as simple as doing a gesture that brings you back to yourself or that shifts how your energies are working. And I didn't say this in the interview, so I just want to say that's what you're going to learn from the book is how to very pragmatically develop your ability to communicate with your own body, mind, and spirit using the language of energy. Okay. All right. Excellent. I think we'll end there. Ellen, thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. I'm, oh my God, did I go too far no, afield? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's the truth prescription. So we got to deal with what's real. <laughs> you know, I so love the name of your program and I love what you're doing thank that you. I just kind of got, I got too excited. I'm not too excited. <laughs> about it because I don't think often as healers we go far enough yeah. to talk about what's really making people sick. Right. There you go. Important point. Important point noted. And for the listeners, just uh, as I always say, close your eyes and open your ears and listen to what she's saying because it's uh, there's a message behind the message. I'll just, I'll just okay. leave it at that. All <laughs> right, good people. Thank you for listening. I'll sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it. Mm-hmm.